0: You're listening to Inside the Minds Podcast with Dante Marsh and Ryan Hyde, where we talk about sports, life, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. 31-yard penalty to
1: support-
0: the Minds podcast with myself, Dante Marsh, and Ryan Hyde, my co-host. Um, tonight's guest is a, is, a, is a real good close friend of mine, was a teammate of mine for many years up in the Canadian Football League. Hall of Fame, number one. <laughs> All-time CFL pass catcher. Uh, long-time BC Lion. And um, just like I said, a, 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 a very good friend of mine. Almost brother-like uh, Mr. G Roy Simon.
2: What's up fellas thanks for having me I appreciate it. <laughs> of course it's, I've been looking forward to this shit.
0: <laughs> thanks for coming
3: on tonight G Roy. Yeah
2: thanks so for having me man I'm excited I'm excited to be on with you guys it's it's not it's not too many times that you you know you get to get on with with you know a brother a teammate a friend um, someone you know someone that I that that's near and dear to me so uh, I'm excited to be here. Yes, Lord. So <laughs> the party started. So, um, did you go golfing today? I did not. I was in the office. Uh, my first time being in the office all day for over a year. Um, and then I just came home and hit hit a couple balls into my new practice net. So uh, didn't didn't hit the links today. Man, I'm like,
0: easy, easy. <laughs> I'm go golfing. Yeah, let's do it later. I'm like, man, gee, come on, get on. <laughs> I know how them golf days. Are. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm. I, I finally bought some clubs, man. All over, yeah. yeah, all them years. You know that. I was like, that's boring. I don't want to do that. I, don't. I love the golf cart rides. I yeah. love looking like. Tiger Woods and smoking the cigars. I, I have a ball out there,
2: man. You know what, it's golf golf is is an experience. It's not just going out and hitting the balls. It's a, it gives you a chance to, you know, spend 4 or 5 hours with close friends or business partners. Um, you know, you can do b- new business or or whatever. It's it's um it's just it's all about the outfits and and uh, you know, your swag and and like you said cigars, having a couple of drinks. Um, it's, it's a whole experience that that's what makes, makes golf so fun. And especially for, for us as former athletes, we don't, we don't have a locker room anymore. So, um, you know, if you have a, a few, few friends that you can golf with, um, it, it, it it's it's, it's kind of similar to having that, uh, locker room feel. Absolutely. So let's, let's, let's
0: get into it. So G Roy, when did you start playing football? You are from Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania PA, right? Yeah. Yep. So when did you, when did you start uh, playing football? Cause I know you, played, you, you was a, you was, so I, so you say, <laughs> <laughs> you, was a, you was a nice hooper. I seen the pictures and some of yeah. the trophies, but, so when did, when
2: did you, when did you start playing football? Take us back to the beginning. Well, I, I mean, I don't, I can't say the first time I played football cause I, I, I remember playing football from the time I can walk. Um, You know, I I was giving Rob a little bit of a hard time because, you know, he's an Eagles fan and, you know, growing up where I'm from in Johnstown, we're an hour away from Pittsburgh. So everybody in Johnstown, um, other than the people who want to rebel against everybody else, we're all Steelers fans. So at the time, the Steelers were the hottest thing in the NFL, which, you know, they're, they're still one of the best organizations in the NFL, but um, they were winning championship after championship. They had the Steel Curtain, uh, Terry Bradshaw, all the, all the, all the legendary um, players with, with, with the Steelers. So from the time I can remember walking, I remember, you know, throwing a football, running around, playing tackle, um, you know, with my brother and and um, you know in and, and friends in the neighborhood
0: nice 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 so when did you realize like yo I can I can take this thing further than this <laughs> like this can this can this, this is <clears throat> my passion my love and I can really I can go I can get my school paid for for this mm-hmm.
2: well you know the thing is I um, I knew that I was good Um, at an early age you know just because my brother was two years older than me and I hung out with with all his friends and and I was just as good as all them and they were two three years older than me Um, so I knew that I, I knew that I had the talent but you know the thing is that my first official sport was baseball and then I ran track and I played basketball and I really wanted to play college basketball just because Um, you know, guaranteed contracts, more money, Um, you know, you're not getting beat up all the time and you're playing indoors. So uh, especially, you know, being from Pennsylvania, that's, that's, that's something that's really big because come October 1st, it's cold and snowing and, you know, you're playing in all kinds of different elements. So I really wanted to play basketball, but, you know, I had an inconsistent jumper. I was only six one. And, you know, I, I, just, You know, I I really – I think I really believed that I was going to go big time in football, probably my 11th grade year, because whatever season it was, that's the sport I played. And I never lifted weights. I I never – you know, I didn't touch weights until I got to the University of Maryland. Um, So it was just one of those things where I never had to practice, but as soon as I stepped on the field, I was the best player on on the field. Um, So probably about 11th grade is when I really realized – that all right I can I can I can do something with this. I shoot that was that was a man it's crazy you
0: say that because that was the same grade I was in when I was like, <laughs> hey I, man, this might be the thing because I, I was a point guard. Like everybody mm-hmm. everybody started off playing baseball and I short, a shortstop. Yep. Yep. So you know back then in the in the 80s we playing T ball and it was fast pitch and then you know we playing a bunch of AAU basketball mm-hmm. and then you know, my daddy's six two. I'm five ten. So I was I a quick guard, but you know, there was there was no real future in no in, in basketball for me. Um, you know, well,
2: the the, I, the thing the thing is like, like um, I guess, you know, like you said, we we started off playing baseball because all you need really is a bat and a, and a glove, oh, yeah. and it's it's cheap to play. It's probably about forty bucks to get you know to get a t shirt and a hat. And you know you find the glove that someone used before you, mm-hmm. um, and then the basketball thing—the the thing that really told me that I wasn't going to go big time is in basketballs—we played a tournament in my hometown. It's a huge tournament. Where it's like it's it's a national nationally renowned tournament called the Memorial Classic, and we played. The the teams that were in in the in the tournament was. Johnson High, which is my high school, um, Butler County, which is uh, they had a guy named Dante Calabria who ended up going to going to North Carolina and he he played on national championship team. Uh, hit hit a bunch of threes that game. Um, uh, Simon Gratz, who Rasheed Wallace, and then uh, Baltimore Dunbar with Keith Booth. They were the number one team in the country. Dante Bright when UMass was 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 a great you know. You know, number one team in in the country, uh, Marcus Canby and Dante Bright. They the, those were the four teams. And for us, we all thought that we were going to play college basketball until we played those guys. Mm-hmm. When Sheik Wallace came and had like thirty points at six eleven, and we couldn't do nothing with him. So I was like, okay, maybe this is this. Maybe I need to go to football route because basketball, I'm I'm just not big enough. I I I, I you know I can't I can't deal with these dudes. Man, I'm telling you, man, it, hey, that basketball will humble you when you when you
0: have <laughs> 16, 15, 16, you get on that AAU circuit and you see, like, real basketball. Yep. Yeah. It's like, just, real. Like, just, just like on the track. Yep. Like, first couple track meets, oh, man, I get out on everybody. I'm winning 100, and the real track dudes come out, and it's 10-6, 10-5. Yep. <laughs> like, you run it 10-9, 11-1, and you like, when I quit,
2: I'm a football player. <laughs> see, that was another thing, too. Like, when I ran track, I like I was ineligible to I, I ran the first two track meets I high jumped like six eight six nine I ran ten like ten seven so I was like all right and then I, I didn't run again until districts in the states and in states I finished second and I ran I ran 1065 and 100 I think I high jumped 610 so like I was like well maybe I should look at the track because I didn't really even practice track I would just like go run and be like all right how high is that uh, six eight all right jump over it and be like good no like no technique. So I was like, maybe I should think about the track thing too. But football was just football was just one of those things where it was just so it came so easy to me and like without any real effort. And then when I really started lifting weights and training for it, this is when I really started having even more success. It's that love, man. I think when I uh first played Pop Warner, I think I was
0: 10. And you're going from playing flag or throwing up tackle with your homeboys and then you act got a helmet and some pads on. Yeah. I remember my dad, he, he asked me after the first uh first day of hitting drills. He was like, Hey man, you sure you want to do that? Because like, <laughs> he was like, you know, he's so he was so amazed that damn these some little kids and this is violent. Like mm-hmm. you know, our mm-hmm. right this old school bull ring, Oklahoma but
2: yep. oh, no yeah. all there wasn't such thing as uh safety precaution. <laughs> all of it, all of it, all of it. My 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 godfather Uh, His name is Albert young. He, he, he was six, six, seven, six, six, eight. And he played tight end at the university of uh, Illinois. Mm -hmm. He was my dad's best friend. I'm my middle name. I'm named after him. And he came back to Johnstown my first year of like active, like middle school football. And I remember this dude having the biggest dip in his mouth and spitting and yelling at me. And all I remember is him telling me I wasn't allowed to quit. Like no matter what happened, no matter what went on, he was like, yo, you're not allowed to quit. Like we're doing Oklahoma drills. And my boy, Eddie Spranger was big, huge, like tough, tough kid. He was smashing everybody. And I'm like a hundred, probably 90 pounds. And you know, we got to do Oklahoma drills and I got to, I, you know, how you be in line, you see Eddie on, I saw Eddie on the other line and I'm like, okay, counting how many dudes and he's there. I'm like, Oh, I got to go against Eddie. But he was like, "Yo, get up there and and hit him as hard as you can and you ain't allowed to quit." And that's that's that kind of shaped my my football career the rest of my life. Just cuz I can always hear him yelling and screaming at me in the back in the background saying, "You're not allowed to quit. Go as hard as you can, be as tough as you can and play and and, and go do it." Nice. And not them the good old days, man. Yes sir. Yes, sir.
3: man. All I did was play ice hockey and I was mediocre at best. I played you know, uh, community baseball, community soccer, community softball, you know, little time shit. Uh, not like you boys. Yeah, no, I wish, man.
2: but I, I think I think that's a good thing. I think you know nowadays, you know you know athletes are young athletes are so ingrained into one sport they lose some athletic ability because they're focusing on that one sport. i know I know that, um, you know, I think I got my my best work as an athlete by playing basketball. Mm-hmm. And then I got my long speed from running track. And, you know, you get your hand-eye coordination from playing baseball. So, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where, you know, kids are so – um they're so ingrained to just play the one sport and focus on that one sport all year that they lose a little bit of athleticism and and even and even learning how to deal with deal with controversy and 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 you know dealing with trials and tribulations because they're probably the best at that sport and because they, they do it all year round and specialize in them. yeah well, I, I think the issue like guys like me exists
0: now like former player that's training these young athletes mm-hmm. so I'm gonna say a lot of them are a little more more athletic in specific things like and, yeah specific sports specific but gee it's like i kind of get it like when we came up you was always out we were always outside right mm-hmm. yep. I, played, I played baseball i played basketball i played football man we if it's a park we like today 2021 mm-hmm. you can drive by a park and won't see nobody out there nobody if, and 30 people. We got one football. Smear the queer. Throw it up. Tackle. Whatever the term you use, that's yep. what we play, right? <laughs> so, and what you say is is so true because the the DB that I ended up becoming later on, because I was a running back, mm-hmm. I learned that from playing point guard and in transition playing defense. Coming back is right. just sliding your feet, right? So we and then in the neighborhood we made up things like mm-hmm. found an old trampoline. We taught mm-hmm. ourselves. We in any city, we didn't have no money to pay for gymnastics. Exactly. Learned how to flip the old pissy yeah. mattresses and and being at the parks and just like trial and error, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, I I feel the same way you do. It's just now you have when we were in high school, you might have had four or six little um, seven on seven games in the spring. Mm-hmm. They got AAU circuit seven yeah. on seven like yeah. it's crazy. Like, that didn't yeah. exist back then. Then you exactly. got guys like us who train. Like, mm-hmm. it's just so crazy right now. It's kind of like you can't play multiple sports anymore.
2: Yeah. If you, if you want to be considered good because, you know, it's almost like you you miss out if you don't specialize in one sport, which, you know, I, you know I, I, I think that, you know, I think, you know, it builds character playing a bunch of different sports, playing sports that you're not necessarily the best at. But you gotta go out and give it your all and learn how to be a good teammate. And you know, you're, if you're not the guy, you gotta learn how to, you know, you know, support the guy and 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 like I said, be a good teammate and 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 maybe leave and lead from the back.
0: I, I don't know. I think I agree. I think that sports builds character or it reveals character. It reveals your character for sure. Discipline and the ability to have some type of structure and the ability to take coaching, right? That's exactly. so, for me, and I always, because I I'm a defensive coordinator at junior College, so, I train, so I'm always around younger athletes, right? I tell them, look, guess what? Life ain't fair. <laughs> it's not. So let's not be naive. I'm so sick of the participation trophy attitude mm-hmm. and as a society, not individually mm-hmm. per se, but as a society we've adopted, it's, I think it's total bullshit. Um, if you don't work, you don't eat. Mm-hmm. And I think it's given people a, a false sense of reality and entitlement because mediocre is now considered very good. Yeah. And so yeah. we need to get back to, hey, if the standard is here, we got to meet the standard. If the standard is not met, it's not good enough. Exactly. We got to stop moving the bar. Yeah. Set the bar at a, a, a space or a place and let people ascend to it instead of Adjusting the bar, you yeah. know, for mm-hmm. for situations, and man, we gotta we gotta get better because, like all that time we spent together playing football, right? And then just prior to me even being your teammate, let's talk about individually, mm-hmm. high pop Warner, high school, Division one college ball, then the pros. It's like we've learned how to deal with adversity, so now. Post football in regular life, when you got to go out here and get in the real world, I think we're battle-tested individuals. No doubt, no doubt. Deal with all these all these things within that sport. So, you know, I I I think that, like you said, the way it's become with Twitter and all these camps and all this hype, it's taken away some of the uh, self motivation, passion, and work ethic.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's 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 sad because, you know, with me being a scout and me being a personnel, um, you know, as soon as the game's over, whether you win or lose, guys are posting their highlights. Guys are um smiling and laughing and joking. It's like, "Yo, man, we just lost." You know, we, you know, you you didn't have a good game. You made two catches and and they're up on your social media like you're like you really did something. And I, and I think that's the validation that people are are searching for, but it's like validate yourself by winning, validate yourself by being the best you can be and and actually putting in the work because a lot of guys, a lot of guys, I I believe, um, and girls are interested in being in athletics because it's cool. They're they're not, they're not because, because it sounds good because it looks good, you Mm -hmm. know, if you look you look at all these guys who uh, go to these go to these camps and go to on these visits and at Division one schools and then you know they they have the uniform on, but then you find out that you know you last last you know maybe four months ago you were at University of Florida at a visit with the uniform on and then you go to uh, Division two school. But you never hear about that, you know what I'm saying. So people are looking for the validation in the wrong way for the wrong things. I, you know what? That's crazy you
0: say that because I think social media, <clears throat> with technology, every step we take forward, it seems like we take two or three backwards. Mm-hmm. And I was telling a, a, young, a young guy, I said, back when I was in high school, there was no internet. It was what, at the, towards mm-hmm. the end, like when I got to college, it was AOL dial-up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was no, there was no uh, Google. There was no Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, MySpace. There was no cell phones like that back then. I had a paper. Yes. You remember paper, G? Yes, had a paper. sir. one of those. And a VHS highlight tape. There was no huddle. And mm-hmm. coaches actually had to travel, they had to spend some of that money and come see you to mm-hmm. see if you are or were who they thought you were. So mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. I think this, 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 this microwavable McDonald's instant gratification, I'm going to take the elevator, not the stairs mentality, has hampered a lot of people. A lot of people, and even watching the, the NFL games, I'm looking at some of the defensive back play and I'm like, well, you getting paid all that money and you making those type of mistakes? Mm-hmm. The player development is gone. You know what I'm saying? It's just, everything is just now, now, now. And it, 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 it's beyond me that these young people have the resources that they have nowadays. With yeah. guys like us, like we, I couldn't talk to a me or a
2: you back in the nineties. That would have cost a whole lot of money. Well, yeah, I think I think the I think the the you know with the internet, people any anybody, anybody can create themselves to portray what what they want, what they want. And a lot of people are very successful at it. But you you know, I think in athletics, you can, you can see the real the real players, the guys who really get after it, are the guys that are constantly winning each and every year. Uh, as opposed to, you know, a flash in the pan, who who's kind of here today, gone tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I think I think I think these guys are so uh, preoccupied with wanting to put on a facade or portray yeah. man instead of really being the man. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Let's talk about uh, the Terps. Let's talk <laughs> about going from, going from uh, PA to Maryland and 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 becoming a terrapin and talk to us.
2: Well, the reason why I went to University of Maryland, um, uh, it, Maryland was the perfect school for me um, academically. Um, although I, I wasn't the best, you know, student, um, it it you know Maryland was is is and was the number one school in the country for criminal justice. I wanted to go into either law, law enforcement or um, in, or secret service, and um, Maryland was the number one school for that. And then uh, athletically, Maryland ran the run and shoot, um, so I knew I was going to catch a ton of balls because I caught a, lot, a ton of balls in high school because we ran a form of the run and shoot. So I knew that um, if I go to Maryland, it's it's far enough, it's far away from home, far enough away from home, but close enough that you know um, I can, I, I'm, I'm I'm just far enough away that you know people won't be driving down the road seeing me, distracting me but it's close enough that I can get home if anything happens. Um, So yeah, Maryland Maryland was, it it was, it was a perfect setting for me. Um, I knew I was going to play right away when, when, uh, when they gave me, gave me my scholarship offer. Actually I was supposed to go to Fort Union military Academy um, because I didn't, I didn't in Virginia, because I didn't qualify for, with the SAT. And then I qualified late. And um, once I qualified, it was like July um they called me within a week and was like you know we got a scholarship for you because I was I was gonna go to Fork Union then go to Maryland I was still gonna go to Maryland but they called me and was like you know we got a scholarship we had one guy he's gonna come in in, in January uh, in in the spring semester so you can come now and I was like screw it I ain't going to Fork Union I'm gonna go to Maryland <laughs> gotta get to the bank. yes sir yes sir um Yeah, it was, and and Maryland was a great experience. Um, You know, I played, I played early. Um, I didn't start until the end of my freshman year. And, and, and I was, I I probably should have redshirted because I was only 17 when I got to Maryland and played my first couple games. I can remember we played the University of Virginia and um, they had, you know, they were, they were loaded, man. They had, um, who did they, they had Rondé Barber, Tiki Barber, they, they had some, they had some monsters um, and, and, you know, I'm 17 years old, kind of, you know, just running around, not really knowing what's going on, but I'm just fast and athletic. So they just threw me out there and, and caught a couple balls early. Um, but, you know, it, it was it was a great experience. I, I like I said, I started. I didn't start until the end of my freshman year, and then you know my sophomore year was the year that I, my career really took off. Um, I was you know ended up being fourth in the country in receptions, um, second team All ACC. Um, you know we, we didn't win a ton of games, but we put up a lot, a lot of points. We were we were just a young team, just kind of trying to figure it out, um, but. You know, I had a great career there, and it was it was it was amazing. Some of some of my best friends still to this day um, are f- are from there, and and I I have some amazing amazing uh, memories from there. Absolutely. So how how was it in the ACC
0: going against Florida State?
2: It was real. It was real. Like like you know. You played the, the, against Dre Tra- Bly too, didn't you? I played against Dre Bly. I played against man. I I mean we played again, it was every, every week. It was, it was someone else. It, every week it was someone else that was, you know, number one, this in the country, number one defense in the country, like Florida state, man, I, I when we played um, my first year at Maryland, we played the second or third hardest schedule in the country. And the second year was no different. Um, you know, every year Florida state was ranked nationally um, we played they weren't in the in the, in the uh, ACC, but we played Penn State when they when they were um, they they went to the national championship. We played West Virginia when they went 11 and oh, um, there are so many, so many teams. If you think about ACC basketball, how athletic and how fast and that's that's ACC football. It's the same thing. Fast, athletic, not overly big guys, but like super, super athletic guys. That you know, skill level is it's not your Big Tens. It's not it's 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 not um, a smash mouth conference. It's it's a, it's a it's the it's the upper echelon of a fast, athletic, throwing the ball. Um, you know, top top tier, uh, top tier guys.
0: Out here on the West Coast, ABC Saturday morning.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, yes so, sir. <laughs> so,
0: you know, yeah, growing up, you know, the Rock Pressons, the War of Guns, Florida State, the ACC, like. North Carolina, yeah. What NC State is in the ACC. NC State, Wake
2: Forest, Duke, yeah, Virginia. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was the ACC was it, it, every week. I'm telling you, every week we were playing against somebody who was going to be a first round pick. I remember, I remember, I remember Florida State. Um, they had Derek Alexander, Renard Wilson, um, Derek Brooks. Um, I, I mean, that's like they had like five first rounders. Yeah, that's correct.. and and you know, both their ends went in the first round, uh, Renard Wilson and Derek Alexander. And I can't remember who they who their inside guys, but they had Derek Brooks in the middle. Um, they had uh, who did they have Samari Ro. and and he was a backup. Byron right. capers who Byron Capers who played in the CFL. He you know he was a he was a draft pick. I mean, their I think their whole defense, their whole defense got drafted. And then you know Charlie Ward, he won the Heisman. Danny Cannell was, you know, the, the game that we played in my freshman year, Danny Cannell got, uh, uh, Charlie Ward got hurt and Danny Cannell started. And we both, I think he threw for like 600 yards and Scott Milanovich, who's now, he was former uh, NFL, uh, CFL head coach, who's now the uh, quarterback's coach in Indianapolis. He was our quarterback. He threw for, he threw for like 500 yards. We, we counted for over like 1,100 yards that game. Um, so it, it it's it's nuts, man. It's nuts. It, the ACC was was loaded with talent uh, back then. When you're playing against that kind of uh, competition, G. Roy, did you start to feel like
3: overwhelmed a little bit, or did it just push you and push you until you know, just keep going with it, right?
2: No, like I said, like when I was younger, I I played with all older guys, so I always. I always stepped up to challenges like that. I would have, like, the funny thing is, when we would play teams that weren't very good, the Dukes and the Wake Forces, I, I, I would say, oh, man, I'm going to have a great game. And then I'd have, like, two catches for 10 yards. Mm-hmm. But then we play Florida State, and I, I I went off against Florida State every year because I, I was never afraid of those guys. Like, I, I was like, okay, these guys are the best. I'm going to show you that I'm, I'm just as good, if not better. So... Um, you know, I, like I said, we played, we played West Virginia one year. I think I had like 11, 12 catches. We played Florida state at Duke Walker at 16 catches. Um, so it, I was never, I was, I never feared any of those guys. I, I loved, I loved that competition because that's why I went to, that's why I went and played college football because I, I, I wanted to play on the biggest and best stage with the best guys.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's, that's the competitor in you. Yes, sir. So, so let's talk about, had a very good career at, at, at Maryland and then like, like a lot of us was told we was going to get drafted <laughs> in this round or this round or this round and then
2: it not happen. Yeah. So from Maryland, you went to. I went to uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I, I tell a story all the time who like, you know, I'm, I'm getting calls from agents on, you know, you know going to the combines. They're like, all right, you're gonna you're probably gonna be drafting the third or fourth round. Um, you know, as, as early as second, like late second, but probably third or fourth round. Um and then I end up not getting drafted. Um I I, you know, and to be fair, I didn't have the best combine. Um I had a I had a I had a terrible combine. I think I ran like four, five, four five, seven, which is, is like back then I was, I was four, four all day. Um, I can roll out of the bed and run four, four and, you know, vertical jumping I was, I'm a, I'm a jumper. So um, I think I vertical like probably 33 at the combine. And, you know, then I go, you know, a couple of weeks later to my pro day at vertical 39. So I, I don't know what it was. I just, I, I had a bad combine and, and that's probably the reason why I ultimately didn't get drafted. But after after you know after not getting drafted by um, you know, by anybody in, in the draft, I signed with this with the Bengals as a free agent, and um, it was it was a, it was just a bad experience for me. It just you know just didn't go well. They had they had three guys that were you know Carl Pickens, uh, Darnay Scott, uh, uh, James Hunden. Um They 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 had some some guys that were you know, established. And I, you know, I, I had no chance to make that team. I, I, you know, I, I don't think I was really prepared uh, the way that guys are prepared these days for when they go to NFL camps and even, even the combine, I, I wasn't prepared. I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. It was like, Oh, you gotta, you gotta invite for the combine. Okay, great. When is it? And you show up and, you know, now these guys have combine training and, you know, and, and, you know, going away and and getting trained and getting ready to go. Like I had no clue what was going on. But it turned out great. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it did. It did. You know, I think the the thing is early in my career, I was just good enough to stick around. Um, And then when i really figured it out um, is when, you know, my career took off. It took a while, and I always say I'm I'm the first to say I'm a I'm a slow starter. I'm I've always been a slow starter, but once I figure it out, there's 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 no stopping. G. Roy, didn't you have a cup of coffee
3: in Philadelphia with my Eagles? Which is funny because you're dissing my Eagles pretty hard before the show yeah. started, but you were in Philly, were you not?
2: You know what? All of my rookie year, my rookie year, I was with Cincinnati, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Tampa. All all within my rookie year, it was like every every three or four weeks. I would get cut from another team and and get picked up by another team and 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 do that song and dance. So I I I say my rookie year I lived in six cities. Wow, all in one year. That's crazy. That's crazy. Like for the viewers, the people that
0: that have not had the opportunity to sign a professional contract, can you please lay it out for them so that they can understand? Like, it's not about who the best.
2: It's no. a lot of different things that go into these decisions. It's all about money, man. It's all about it's all about who they paid, um, who got a signing bonus, um, who um, who who they projected, who who got drafted. Like, so after my first year and second year in the NFL, I went to Winnipeg, and then I signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. After so, I was in my fifth year as being a professional. And I signed with the Kansas City Chiefs as, and I was just a, a street free agent. I just finished at Winnipeg, my second year at Winnipeg, um, and I went to training camp. I was I was their best receiver, hands down. They had Derek Alexander, who's from Michigan, who's a first round pick. They had Snoop um, Snoop Menace, who was a third round pick from Florida State. They had um, Sylvester Morris, who was a first round pick from I want to say South Carolina State uh, from the VIAC um, and then then Dick Vermeil brought in. All his guys from the Rams, he brought them from Kansas City, like Tony Horn, um, Chris, uh, what was Chris? Chris Davis, I think. So and he and they paid all those guys money. Then they had Dante Hall, who no, they crazy. they had given him. Now I I you, I can't argue with Dante because Dante is going to be a Hall of Famer as a returner. But all those other guys, I was better than those guys. It wasn't even, it. It wasn't even a question. But what are they going to do? They gave, you know, they didn't give me any money to sign as a signing bonus. They just signed me just because they, they needed some legs. And and I surprisingly, you know, showed out at training camp. Um, but when it comes down to signing contracts and, and yeah, it's great to go to training camp, but they're, they're going to, they already know who they're keeping. They know before the, before, you know, camp starts, unless there's an injury, if, you know, if they didn't give you any money, you, you got slim chances to make the team. Oh, yeah.
0: Now, the, the, the crazy thing about my rookie year with the Titans is uh, Blaine Bishop said this jokingly a bunch of times, He's like, man, our free agent class, better than our draft class. Like, like five of us yeah. made the team. Like, yes. it, was, it was crazy. So yes. I, think, I think that scouting, that group of coaches and, and scouts, my my rookie year, we got uh, uh, Drew Bennett, Mm-hmm. Signs contracts, tall, five receiver. Yeah. Uh, Jaquay Parker Thomas, he played in Philly too, DN. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma State, we had uh, Joe Walker play safety. He's out of Nebraska. Myself, I was the only priority free agent corner they brought in. They drafted um, Andre Dyson, and Kevin's younger brother. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we had a lot of very good football players, late round and free agent guys that actually could have been drafted. Yeah. So... I, man, I totally agree with it. You can, it's, it's, it's like the moon, the stars, Jupiter and everything else got a line. (laughs) Everything's got a line for you to make the spot. Man. So yeah. So let's talk about transitioning from knowing go to a a big time program. You -hmm. you play well, you have a solid career. You are in the conversation to be a draft pick. It doesn't Mm -hmm. happen. Mm -hmm. Skill is there. We know that. And you get these opportunities and they don't pan out the way that they should or that you wanted them to mm-hmm. in the, the CFL. So let's talk about that transition because I remember you kind of bringing mm-hmm. it under your wing because I, I was on some other shit. So <laughs> let's, talk, let's, let's talk about your transition from, you know, I don't want to say heartbreak, but knowing that you should
2: be on a 53 man in, in the NFL yep. to now going up up, up north. Well, when I originally came to Canada, I, I was just so fed up with with bouncing around and being on practice squad and not getting an opportunity to play. Because, um, you know, I was just starting, I was kind of figuring out because I, you know, like I said, my rookie year, I was on four different teams and then I stuck with Tampa uh, my second year. But I was just on practice squad all year and I could never get, they, they would never, you know, give me an opportunity to get on the field. So, um I when I came to Canada, I knew that I I knew I could ball. I just wanted to get on the food on the field and prove it. Um, and you know, like every other American that comes to Canada from a big time program, and you know, coming from the NFL, you're like, oh, I'm gonna kill this league, and you know, think that you know you're gonna be instantly the best player on the field, but you don't realize that. 70% of the team has already come from the NFL and they've been playing in this league for for quite a long time so they have they have just as much skill as you but they ha- also have the experience and not only the experience but they've played 18 games before they've they they've been in that system for for quite a long time and you know they understand how to how to work yourself how, how to take care of yourself in training camp. How to, you know, work the first half of the season and then, you know, take it, you know, after, you know, how games go from after Labor Day, you know, your first four, your second four and into the playoff. You know what I'm saying? They, they you know, they have the experience of of going through that process. And, you know, most guys that come fresh to Canada, you just think you're just going to come up here and ball. But, you know, it's a it's a whole nother animal because, you know unlike the NFL, you don't have people running to grab your ice. You don't have 15 ball boys that, you know, if a ball goes out of bounds that, you know, they run and grab it. No, you got to go get it yourself and bring it back to the huddle. So the, just little things like that help you realize that, you know, you know it, football, it's, it's different in Canada, but when it comes down to it, it it's, it's an amazing game and it's a fun game. And the, the game is pure up here. I, I loved it, you know. Once I once I
0: got acclimated to it, I could throw balls in the stands, kick <laughs> and celebrate. Yep. I mean, that was that. I had I to be honest, because after that second year of my that I was up there, I signed with the Chiefs
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Herm Edwards, and they didn't give me no signing bonus because of the shoulder thing. So I sat there for five days, like, okay, I'm a chief, and then I was like, man, the hell with this. I'm finna go get some money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No I, doubt came on back and we ended up winning the great cup that 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 06 year so no doubt. Um, i i am be the i'm gonna be the first person to say i uh i'm I um not only as a as a man you know being 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 away from home you know uh, minus my wife and my son at the time mm-hmm. but also all of us like built these relationships that extended way beyond you no know doubt. the football field and i tell people all the time the stuff that I miss, like, yeah, I mean i at 42 I still am in phenomenal shape. I could run around run around. I I don't I don't want to play football no more, but <laughs> no. what I miss is I miss uh the Blu-ray games, the talking, <laughs> the the, the, the travel, and yeah. just us going out together and, yeah. and we, we bonded and built some, some real strong relationships. And shit, I ain't played since, what, 2014? And you mm-hmm. was around that same time too. So it's like, man, out of the game almost a decade, but still we can, we still tapped in in our little group texts and stuff. So it's that's 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 probably, you know, the money gonna come and go. You gonna spend it, you gonna do whatever. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the things you buy, the material shit, it comes and goes, right? But the thing that I, I love the most about my career is the relationships that we build, the friendships, no like long
2: relationships. Man. No doubt. Yeah. The, com- the camaraderie is, is the, is the, and, and the relationships you build over a uh, long career is, something that like, especially with us, because, you know, we all grew up together. Like, even though, you know, we're 27, 28 years old, we were all still trying to figure it out and we're all still growing up. And for us, to our core group of guys to play eight, nine, 10 years together, that doesn't happen. That, that doesn't happen. And, and, and that's a testament to not only us, but the people in charge, Wally Bono, Neil McAvoy, um, Bob Obilovich, you know, coach, coach, coach Richie. And, you know, those guys, they, they had the wherewithal to keep us together knowing that, You know, we're we're still growing together. We're still, and and we got we got such a close bond that you know it's it's gonna be hard to beat us because we not only play for the jersey, but we play for one another. Yeah, and we hung out though.
0: Exactly. And like, we hung out, man. Like, (laughs) I'm not gonna go into detail, but we hung out. Like, and I'm and I and you know I renewed my passport, so I'm coming back up there when this thing lifts up, and I'm there, but. I tell people, man, um, being a California d- d- kid, you know, born and raised in Oakland, and, and and it's it's crazy how I ended up in BC and I played in BC for 11 straight years. Like, that was a huge blessing. And, you know, guys like you, Carl Kidd, who we didn't get off to the... <laughs> <laughs> ended up becoming such a good friend of mine, and y'all were my OGs, because I was 24. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. trying to figure the shit out out of football for three seasons, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, came up there on some hot. I'm I'm hot shit and all of that, <laughs> you know. And then it took some
2: time because the first few games was kind of rough. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think every. You know, I think you 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 really had it rough because you know playing against a dude like Danny Mack in your first game playing boundary corner, like that's almost unfair because the dude is the you know, obviously he's one of the best to ever play in the Canadian football league. And no matter what he he's taking shots. So, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, um, and again, it's a testament to Wally to say that, yeah, you, you might have had a rough game, but we're still going to ride with you because we see the potential and us as us as a group, you know, rallying behind you say, look, yeah, you you gave up something, but all right, let's let's get back on it. And let's let's go back and do this thing, and that's that's where the relationships are built. Because you know, to have someone's back um, and 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 stand behind them when there's trials and tribulations, that that lasts a life a lifetime. Man, man, I'm telling you, because we had a conversation.
0: I think it's my last year up there. He was like, yeah. You know, my sense is Dante. People calling for you in Sam's head, and uh, you know, I knew better though. I, I I knew better, and look look where we are today. So exactly. I, I you know I finally had a conversation with him, and mm-hmm. we buried that little uh, that little hatchet. But mm-hmm. I, like I said, it, 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 you know, it was business, Dante. Totally. I learned, and and it was business. <laughs> but um, it's just it was. I don't want to get emotional, but. I really, we had a very special group for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I, and I and I appreciate you. Yes, sir. No doubt. It's it was it was bigger than football. So always, man. always great times, great times. Yes, so let's sir. talk about. Uh, being inducted into the CFL Hall of Fame. Cause like I played with you. So we're just gonna turn into almost like a little, you know, conversation. So I (laughs) I, I played with you. So I, and I practice against you every day. Mm. So I had to tell people like, yo, like even this was the dopest thing about our team. We about to go play uh, Saskatchewan, right? Early early on and they had Eddie D and and my man Omar. And G was like, Marsh, come here. I need you to play the boundary corner.
2: Yeah. That's
0: how, that's this, people don't understand the, the, the importance of this shit. Like mm-hmm. I used, I was a starter since day one. Yeah. I would go and play scout team. Yeah. Nobody, I, nobody told me I would do it on my own cause I'm working my craft. And we were so, compa- our practices, people don't know, our practices was so crazy, especially once we got the addition of my man, my yeah. brother. <laughs> my, my, my main, my brother from another Corey Banks, right? And it got so turned that I'm not even gonna lie. Our practices in Surrey was
2: harder than the games. All, all I mean, and that's why we had so much, so much success because we would go hard like we go ones versus ones on 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 day one, yep, yep, yep. and then day two we go two minutes. So I'm playing against you and you, you Corey Banks and and Ryan Phillips. And glove like y'all. Well, you, you and Corey and and Ryan, Hall of Famers. So I'm playing against Hall of Famers every day in practice for ten years. That's Do you awesome. not think that I'm not going to have success against? Hey, whoever DB. But it was <laughs> we was like, I got
0: I got a man. Nah, gee, I'm gonna get in your ass. I got I gotta figure this <laughs> shit. He's <Be> so smooth. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So man, it just it just made. I I'm really now reflecting because we play, dude, Dave Dickinson. He's I don't think I ever. I don't think I had an interception in the years I played in practice against yeah. him. <laughs> well,
2: I, when I when people ask me who the best quarterback, it, it, without hesitation, Dave Dickinson is the best quarterback I ever played played with. You know, like I would, I'd run a route and I'd make, I'd turn around and the ball would hit me in the chest. And I, if I was the first read, third read, second read, it doesn't matter. There'd be time I'd, I'd be running around and break. And as soon as I break, the ball hits me in the chest and I just keep running. And that's how easy he made it for him. Um, he was, he was, he was unbelievable. And um have seen
0: him, right. When I first got, I'm like, that can't be like he looked like a trainer or somebody that played team. Yeah. Dave is <laughs> unassuming, you know. He played a couple of years with the Chargers. D- Dave is Mr. Montana, right? <laughs> I didn't know this shit, right? Like I get I'm like Who, who's the quarterback? I know. I knew Casey from when he played at TCU when I was at Fresno, and I'm like, uh, that 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 can't be the, the guy, right? Then when he gets out there, man, like you said, he that ball is on time, man. It's on early on time is early. He, you mm-hmm. I can't even break on it. As soon as you get out your break, like you said, yes. it's dead. so it was like every day we going then, like my first year, you Chris Brazzle, who was making yeah. people pull cool hamstrings. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Frankie Cattello was, was I, 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 nice. I, I, I I love Frankie, man. Like he 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 had a phenomenal mm-hmm. two years, like yeah. right. Um, who else we had? P Jack. They're well, They're well, Ryan, there well, we, are yep. mine. yep, we had some, we had some serious dudes. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was so ultra competitive. And then, like I keep saying, we all hung out afterwards all the time. So we play for one another, man. Yeah, it's dope. So, so going from having this great Hall of Fame career, which I I was privy to, you know, right. and then, um. That segwaying into working for the organization. Did you foresee that? Was that a, was that like a, a, a the next step for you? Were you already planning that? Did you was that always a part mm-hmm. of you? Or did yeah. You,
2: you coaching? Yeah. So you know when you when you play, um, my my goal was always to play ten years yeah. um, professionally, and then when I hit the ten year mark, I was like, man, I'm just kind of getting started. So. I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep playing. Like, it, honestly, man, like early in my career when, when I wasn't having success, I was bouncing around from team to team, getting cut. Um, and then even in Winnipeg and Kansas City and early in B.C., I was like, you know, I used to, I used to get down and pray and be like, if, if God, if you give me the opportunity to be the man, I'm going to exhaust my ability as a football player. So that's what I did. But at the same time, like I said, my, my goal is to play 10 years. But at the same time, you know, you're you're three years old, still playing and playing at a high level, you know, 34, 35. I'm like, okay, I gotta start planning for what's next. Um, I'd done a few things. I I'd gone to um I'd gone to uh, New Mexico. <laughs> Mike Locksley, who's now the head coach at Maryland, was the head coach. A good friend of mine, he was the head coach at um, New Mexico. And in the offseason, I went down and I interned with him for for a week and was like, hmm, I like coaching. But, you know, my family was still young and I didn't want to move my kids around every year. So I was like, well, maybe um, the way to stay into football is not coaching right away but to go into scouting and being a GM and, you know, all those things. So um, I just started planning. I started planning that, you know, whatever, whenever my career ended, I could go into scouting and uh, personnel and just start working. So, you know, I would talk to Wally about it, um, you know, at, you know, near the end of my career. And then when I got traded to Saskatchewan, the deal basically was that whenever it was that I was going to finish playing, I was going to work for the organization and scouting and personnel. Um, I originally, so I, we played the 2000, we, I got traded in January of 2013. We played the season, we win the great cup, go through the off season. And then we realized that, you know, I wasn't in the plans for 2014, but I was still under contract. Um, you know, they paid, they paid me. Um, so, you know, they're like, well, we could trade you back to BC um, or you can retire and do whatever you want. So I, Brendan Taman, who is a very good friend of mine, and he's the guy that brought me into the league in Winnipeg. He said, um, you know, you can work as a team ambassador and work in scouting. So, um, you know, I retired on June 1st. Uh, the first day of training camp and I was working as a scout on June 2nd um, and a team ambassador for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And and I never looked back since, you know, I, I, I did the one year and then um, I'd been in Saskatchewan for two years. And the family was still here, so I was bouncing back and forth between Vancouver and, and, and B.C. So I was like, you know, it's time for me to probably go back to B.C. and and uh, mend fences, but also work with the team that i would worked for for such a long time and, and you know, got back, got on the scouting, on, on the scouting uh, uh, personnel team here. Nice. Well, so it's been working out. So
0: what do you, what do you have, uh hand moving forward like what is your goal um and i know and me and you've had these conversations in depth um is it is it to ultimately be a general manager or do you or do you still think are you still thinking about maybe coaching because i know i know i know for me coaching i really because i had a couple opportunities where i i had some d1 opportunities but you know my son chris was still in high school and now that he's out of high school, he's basically almost twenty. He's grown. I can kind of, you know, my daughter's with, you know, their mom. I Can kind of maneuver, but I don't know, man.
2: I, 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 I you know, it's the stability. It's a can, yeah, it's a and, the, and the time. The time. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, my goal is to 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 be a general manager still. Um, but you know, you, in football, you gotta, you gotta look at your options. You gotta have, you gotta have options because you just never know how this thing goes. So, um, you know, I, I, I still have my, my goal as being a general manager in the CFL or in the NFL. Um, but when COVID hit last year and they canceled the season, I was like, um, I don't, I can't golf every day. Um, uh, I want to, I want to better myself. I want to. Uh, keep learning. So what I did was I I um, I called down the University of Maryland and said, hey, man, um, you know, our season got canceled. I'm not really doing anything but golfing and kind of hanging out every day. So, let you know, is there anything I can do to help out with the organization, with the with the university? So I went and volunteered um, as an analyst, as an offensive an- analyst at the University of Maryland last year. And I coached I, I did everything from coach receivers and quarterbacks to i um, doing advanced scouting uh, for for each team that we're we will, for the upcoming game, both offensively and defensively. I, w- I was actually still scouting for the for the B.C. Lions because, you know, I'm, I'm doing advanced advances and I'm writing reports. So naturally, I'm just I just have reports on all these guys from uh, from the Big Ten. Um, and then I learned a lot about college football. Um, Cause I, I never, obviously I played college football, but I I never uh, coached or, or been in that environment. Um, so it, it gave me a great appreciation for what they do. Um, and I volunteered, I, I spent my own money. Um, you know, I, I stayed with, I stayed with some family. I lived, I stayed an hour away. So I drove back and forth an hour each way every day. Um, and then I put in 14, 15 hour days of, of, of grinding uh, watching film and and you know there there'd be days that i'd I'd wake up. I didn't know what day it was i I just knew that I had to be in the office at seven and I probably wasn't gonna leave till eleven at night and you know' it, that's just the way it was. sometimes I would just stay in the office like i after after uh long road games, i would just i would get off the plane and you know go lay on the couch and in, in the lounge and then you know get my start start my day at like six thirty. Um, it, it it was a grind, but I, but I loved every minute of it. Like I, it's, you know, I, I, have never been a person that shied away from hard work. And when you're, when you're in an environment that you love, which University of Maryland, um, I was coaching, I wasn't scouting, but I, I loved every minute of it. it. It seemed like the days went, were, were 10 minutes long, um, you know, and, and, and you know, it's 14, 15 hours and, and I'm still grinding. Um, so it, it was, it was amazing. So um, to, to answer your question, I I love I I, I want to be a GM. I I, I want to you know be a GM in the, in the in the CFL or the NFL. But the coaching side, the teaching side, the the mentoring side is something that that I really love doing. I, I fell in love with it too, man. I got tricked into coaching.
0: <laughs> yeah, your coach, Alonzo Carter. He's also like my uncle and my mentor. I need it. Is the running backs coach at San Jose State. he gave me my first coaching job in 2015 at at the JC level. So um, I just the development, like, and I'm, so, I'm I just love that. That's why I train too, and I'm mentoring them. I just love that that aspect of it because that was my calling card for the success I had was the, the, the work ethic. Like everybody can run, everybody can jump, everybody can do. We all have superpowers, right? Exactly. Yeah all the time god has blessed each and every one of us with innate abilities it's our job to figure out on our journey what that superpower is this is like the marble, right or the Men. they get mad in the fire pot they like, oh now i gotta figure out how to control it yeah. so you know that's 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 all due to the hard work and then just trying to hone that skill mm. so i just I, I love the coaching too i just my whole thing is g and We'll talk more about that later. It's just the way they get in that door. you A lot of people don't understand. Marsh, man, you supposed to been at a D1. or You should, man, why does he see feeling? It ain't like that, brother. <laughs> it ain't. So,
2: yeah, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's tricky. Mm-hmm. I just say it's tricky. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. G. Roy, how did it feel to break uh, Bill
3: Stegall's record for most career receiving? Or it's?
2: Oh man, you know, it it felt amazing. Um, it was something that I never dreamed it would be possible when I got to the league. You know, my my goal coming into the CFL was um, to receive for a thousand yards and and get back to the NFL, mm-hmm. and then to uh, to break Mills' record um, at the time. I think it was 15000 15, something. Um, it was it was it was it was something that um, after a number of years, I, when I got close, I said, you know, this is possible. This is something that, that I can do. And for me, I always want to leave a legacy. Um, I want to, I want to, I want to, I, I want people to remember what I did when I stepped on the field. I, you know, I did it in, at all levels that I got a true opportunity. I did it at, you know, high school, I did it at Maryland and it was fitting to, to do it here. Um, But you know it was it was just one of those things where Milt was a guy that I looked up to Um, he's a guy that I I I aspire to 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 be better than. Um, And he was a guy that you know he was he was a great dude Um, he worked his tail off and he had huge success so. Um, to come into the league and, and, and basically be his understudy for the first couple of years and then to, to have the opportunity to break his record was something that meant it meant a lot to me. Um, it meant a lot that, that I had the opportunity, not only to share it with, with my brothers and you know all the people that put in the work with the BC lions, but my family was in town, um, you know. The, the Simon family, they, they, they roll together, they roll hard. So uh, to break that record, I had like 16 people there, you know, came from you know three, four thousand miles away. Um and then, you know, to do it at home um with with you know my teammates, the guys that I love, the guy, like I said, you know, Dante, Corey Banks, um, you know, um uh, not Dave Diggan, but um, Travis Lule, guys that I played with for such a long time and, and guys that really meant a lot to me. Um, was something that was that was truly, truly special.
3: Milt is very, very admirable, just the way he carried himself throughout his whole career, just a just a class act from day one.
2: Yeah, I mean, he, he you know what he showed he showed you how to do it. He showed me how to do it. Um not that he physically took me hand, by my hand and said, This is how you do it. I just watched him afar and said, You know, this guy is a true professional. You know he takes care of his body. He, you know, he he puts everything he has into his game. And you know that's that's something that that I learned when I came up here because I was on some other stuff. Like I said, I was just trying to get back to the NFL and have as much fun as I could. But you know, watching Milt was like, all right, this is this is how you be a pro. And um, it 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 helped me. It helped me play for 15 years in this league. That's hey. What's crazy is you did the same for me. Exactly,
0: so, exactly. So when, I, when I lived in Atlanta for seven years, we used to train in the off season. Gee, you came not you, you buy the house that time. Yep. Yep. So we would we have literally Terrence Edwards, Robert Edwards, um, uh, 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 myself, Corey Banks, uh, Otis Floyd. Like we really had like seven on seven training. Yep. Like it was so serious. And Milk, shout out Milk Steagle. Uh, um, he's, he, he's one of the reasons why I that 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 slogan even came about. It's like, how can they beat you if they can't outwork you, young Marsh? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> listen to me, man. This dude is was in phenomenal. You hear me? And I think I, I yes. learned so much from Milk, like like G Royce alluded to just a minute ago, just a second ago, how to be a professional, how to take care of your body you know, his his saying is uh yeah, slim in the waist and cute in the face. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> turtle shell, milk steagle, baby. So he he's just such a treat to be around old school cat with such a blue collar, lunch pail, hard hat, work ethic, mm. and saw it. Like he's doing this stuff at 35, 36, 37 years old. And the the, the regimen we had training was so crazy. Um, I'm like, damn! How this old ass cat doing this? <laughs> right? And then that gave me the, the. I mean, I've always had a good work ethic, but like, literally, like, G. Boy, you showed me too. Like, y'all showed me how to become a professional, yes, and sir. showed me how to do my own contracts.
1: <laughs> no, no
0: doubt. <laughs> and get so you keep I'm, as much as you can. Hey, that part, <laughs> and uh, you know, he said, uh, "Hey, man, you got to play to the wheels fall off." and I, I i was able to do that G. were you was blessed and fortunate to do it corey ryan and a few of us that got to play 10 plus years in professional football so um yeah i, I going back to what i said earlier the relationships dog it's some phenomenal people and like you said you, 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 you watch from afar just like i um we did a show earlier a while back and it was like like arlen bruce david sanchez like got blink like guys that we that played on other teams and you kind of like got dislike for them and because you're competing against them. But then when they become your teammates and they're in your locker room, I'm like, wait a minute, this is a cool dude. Like I'm a to war with this dude. And Perfect. it's man, it's just I, I can't I can't speak enough about the, the Canadian Football League and, and what it's done for me as a man in, in my life. So yeah. i I'm, I'm I'm indebted. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. G-Roy, do you
3: have a, a a favorite gray cup between the three that you that you won? Oh six.
2: No, no they're, they're all they're all they all have special moments. Uh, I mean, you know, every every Grey Cup um has a story. And, you know, you know, you look at you look at the 06, that it, that's truly, truly a special one because um not only did we win it all. But you look at the award ceremony. Yeah. We, we dominated lines. the yes. award ceremony. So, you know, you have, you look at the awards, you have all BC Lions winning all the awards. And then we go out and win the game. And then for me, we wanted in Winnipeg, a place that I started my career. And when I came from Kansas City, I wanted to go back to Winnipeg. And, and they didn't want me because they were on a winning streak. So I was like, I'd always had a little bit of, uh, of, a, um, of, of a, of a, of a, of a, of a Tough, tough, uh, little chip on my shoulder for Winnipeg because you know I I started my career there. I wanted to go back there, and they didn't want me. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna show you. And yeah. that for for us to win it there was was something that was really special. The, the 2011 team was you know you're talking about dudes that are playing for one another. The the 2011 team was was unbelievable because we started 0-5, 1-6. And you know we were basically left for dead. They were, you know, they were saying I was old. They wanted to get rid of me. They wanted to get rid of Marsh and and Banks, and they wanted to fire Wally. But you know, Wally, I I remember to this, to this day, Wally coming in the lock, coming in coming in the team meeting room is like, guys, we are a good team. I'm not cutting anybody, and we're 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 sticking together. We're getting through this together. And when he gave us the confidence that. We, we're we we know we're a good team we just hadn't been playing that way and you know we we beat toronto and then we i think we beat Saskatchewan and then we just roll from the rest from there and and end up you know winning the West and uh and and you know it, it's funny because we go into the great cup and it's like we know we're gonna win the game it's just how much we're gonna win by yeah and that's that's the funny thing like you know you 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 go into these games and, and you're like, it, it should be, it should be, you know, full of, of emotion and nerves and all that. But we know we're going mm-hmm. so to win. So let's just, let's just don't, just don't screw it up. And that's, and that's what it was. And then for me, the 2013 Great Cut was different because, you know, I, I basically, I felt like I was outcast. I, you know, I, I, I knew that I was at the end of my career. It wasn't, it was, it was obvious. But I knew that I could also still have an impact on the team. Yeah. And when I got traded, um, you know, I, first of all, I don't think Wally thought that I was going to go anywhere. But little did he know that, like I said, Brendan Tayman was a very good friend of mine. He still is a very good friend of mine. He brought me into the league. So I had the deal done a long time before I even got traded. But it was just one of those things where, you know, I wanted to go to, to Saskatchewan because I knew that they love football there. I knew that I would have an impact on the team because they were a talented team. They just were young. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, they just needed a few key pieces. And then to win that game, um, you know, we started, I think we started 9-0. and And then we lost four. Uh, we lost four in a row, then ended up, you know, winning the last couple games. And, we, you know to to finish second in second in the west of Calgary, then go to Calgary, and well we beat BC first and yeah. in, in semifinals, which that was the that was that was my Great Cup right there, but then to go we went to Calgary, beat Calgary at Calgary minus 25 degrees, you know, and and, and then to, to to beat them the way we beat them, going home playing against Hamilton in the Great Cup again, we knew we were gonna beat them because we beat the brakes off them twice. Earlier in the season. So we knew we were going to beat them. It was just a matter of how much are we going to beat them by and let's not screw it up. And then to do it at home, I, you know, yeah. I, I know I can say I'm one of the few people that have two great cups that you want at your, at your, in your home building. That's which awesome. Is, which is something that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, that was my last game. That was my last game ever as a professional athlete. And you know, I never scored a touchdown in the great cup. And I scored two in that game, which I always say, that's the most important game in the history of the Saskatchewan Roughriders because they won a great cup at home. That was a, that was, you know, one of their last seasons in, uh, in Taylor field. So Mosaic stadium, it was, it was pretty cool. To, it was pretty cool to be a part of that. So Tira, I don't want to put, I don't want to put, you know, words in your mouth.
3: Um, but doesn't that leave you as like with a sour taste to, you know, to have Wally trade you to Saskatchewan, you go, you know, you knock out the lines, I uh, end up winning the great cup. That's pretty awesome. How did it feel to end up going back to BC now, um, you know, in a role as a scout, was that, was that a difficult decision for you? Did you really have to battle with yourself to do that? Or was it like, I'm just coming home?
2: Well, it was it was a bat. It was a little bit of a battle because I um, I really enjoyed Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting traded and all that. I you know I was thirty eight years old. I like I said, I knew my career was just about over. And um, the only thing that was that had me pissed off is they wanted me to take a huge pay cut, but they wanted me to do all the same things. And I right. was like, I mean, if you want me to do the same things, you're gonna pay me the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. So. It's just, it, it, it was just business, but here's the thing. Like I said, I, I, I had to deal done with Saskatchewan long before I got traded. Um, I knew that Saskatchewan loves their players. And if you have even a little bit of success in Saskatchewan, you got a fan base for the rest of your life. Yeah. So it was very calculated of me and my agent, Dan Burley at the time to, you know, say there's only one place we want to go. And that's Saskatchewan. Yeah. Like, it, you know, there was talk of, of, of this team and that team. But it, in the end, Saskatchewan was a team from day one. And, and that was the end of the end of discussion. So um, I I knew that I was going to go there and I was going to play. And I wasn't sure. I, I had an inkling that I'd play well. Um, I didn't have this the season that I'd hoped for, but I played well in spots. And and I did other things um, as far as, like, not uh, you know, uh, other than having a thousand yards, I did other things that 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 helped us win. Um, but when when the games mattered most, in Labor Day against Winnipeg, you know, scored two touchdowns, we ended up winning the game. You know, great Cup, scored two touchdowns, we ended up winning the game. Those are the two biggest games of the, of the season in Saskatchewan. And when it, when it called for it, I I played well. Um, yeah. And the the most important thing is, I. I built another, another um, group of fans
1: mm-hmm.
2: that, you know, I wouldn't normally have because I, I never, up until that point, I had I'd never won a green jersey. So yeah. for me to put on that jersey and win was something that was, that was really, um, it, it was very calculated and, and something that I really wanted uh, to be a part of. Those Lions fans are life, lifelong fans, but also too is those uh, watermelon heads, they're also
3: lifelong fans too, right?
2: So, you You know, you know, it's funny, man, like any sporting event, and I want you to do this, any sporting event you watch on TV, look in the crowd, you will see a rider's jersey everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, everywhere. It's weird, isn't it? I I was in I was in Rome, Italy, Saskatchewan fans. I I, I watched the Masters. You'll see a rider's jersey. I was in Arizona at a hockey game. Rider's jersey. Every time I go to every time I go to freaking uh Mexico, a million riders fans they 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 sell riders riders flags down there, so <laughs> like they're everywhere, they're everywhere. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and to also, uh, because of Mike Edom, I am a closet Rough Riders fan, honestly, man. Like, in the end, like they're great fans and and they're great people. like I never felt so comfortable in a, in a place. Um, And, you know, Martin and and Dante can, Dante can attest to this being a black man um, and going some places where you're the only black person. Most times you're very nervous. There were thousands of times that I would go somewhere in Saskatchewan. I would be the only black guy in the place. And I would, I, I would, I felt so comfortable and you can't, you can't say that if you're in the US, I'm sorry, you just can't say. But when I was in Saskatchewan, I, I never, I never felt uncomfortable, no matter where I was. And I was in some, I was in some, some small, small towns, you know, you know, towns where, you know, there's, there's 400 people in the town and, and at the event, there's 375 of them. So, um it you know Saskatchewan Rough, rough Rider fans are, are some of the best fans that I've that I've ever experienced. They're passionate. Remember we got
0: uh <laughs> the pennies and batteries. So uh, we playing this this is uh I want to say like oh eight and we playing and um they throw a uh they throw a hitch and I get there like right simultaneously and I strip the ball. So mm-hmm. they give us the turnover. So we clowning around. I'm talking crazy. They sign up, So we run back to ours and I throw the ball in the stands. And but um, we get pelted with beer for five minutes. They start throwing yeah.
2: in, in cans, pennies, batteries, <laughs> like you name it. They, uh, it was it was going to Saskatchewan as as an opposing team. It was rough. It was rough. But. We were so good. We were like, "All right, bring it on. Let's go!" Because we knew we always, we always felt like we were gonna win. And which, which you know, a lot of teams can't say that. Like we always had the, the ultimate confidence, knowing that you know, no matter where we were, we we felt we we had a chance and, and a, a very good chance to win games. Definitely,
0: definitely. Well, G, it's, it's 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 been a pleasure, bro. We got to do this again because there's there's some other. Uh, issues outside of sports we want to talk about definitely got like like we talked about before me and ryan and we we man i love the the way we just it's a it's a platform bro so um real quick before we get out of here what are you what what other things are you involved with um nbc and, and community type things and and what you're doing outside of just you know you're scouting and you and you're working
2: for the organization so I, I mean I, I do a number of different things. Uh, COVID has kind of put us put us put a halt to a lot of things. Um, I work with Game Ready Fitness here in Vancouver, where we train uh, we train, mentor, and help educate you know young athletes from all, all across the province. Um, we help them try to get university scholarships. You whether it's football, basketball, baseball, whatever. But you know we have our seven on seven team, which is football, and um, we we do we do everything in our in our power to. To, uh, to get these guys uh, prepared and, and, and have an opportunity to play football on the next level. Um, to this date, we have about 38 guys that are playing, that have played college football that come through our program. Um, the most recent is Keaton White. He's, he was a walk-on at Montana, ended up getting a scholarship after one semester, just because he, his skill level is, is through the roof. And um, and that's, you know, we, we, we helped them, but that kid is, 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 is amazing. Um, I work. I work with a cleaning company, commercial cleaning company called Arcuda Services, um, and we do some some big time commercial cleaning uh, all through North America. Um, 75 grocery stores in, in the U.S. and um, a, a lot of uh, retail space up here in Canada. So that's just kind of a little a little side gig and a little you know something I did during COVID just to kind of help help uh, help keep me busy. I work with a group of kids. Um, we call it called Game Ready Fitness. And um, you know we, we do everything from training, uh, tutors, uh, mentoring, um, dry land training. We, 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 um, we raise funds for these kids to you know to go to camps and and uh, get seen by university coaches um, and you know play seven on seven. We travel to Vegas just about just about every year for the last five years. Uh, taking them to tournaments where they can they can play in front of um, thousands and thousands of spectators and 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 um, you know it's it's been pretty good. I, I think um, we we've had success. We up to date we have thirty plus kids playing uh, some some form of uh, uh, college football, whether it's in in the U.S. or or in Canada. So um, I, up to this point, it's been it's been a success. Um, and, and probably I, I'm going to give it the next three or four years. We're going to have a, a kid playing either in the NFL or, or the CFL. Wow. That's awesome. That's definitely saying something. Yeah. You know, I, I think, I think, you know, that, the you know, we're, 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 um, we're a bunch of former, former athletes with game ready fitness, um, and, and, and game ready elite seven on seven, um, where, you know, we're, we're a bunch of former former professional players that wish we had the the guidance and the and 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 the, and the push to uh you know to 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 get these guys going in the right direction and and you know once they go on to university we can continue to be mentors and and be a sounding board for for some of the things that that um you know that they that they experience so um I I just think it's I think it's it, it's a win-win for us because we're giving back and then you know for those guys who um you know they 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 have the university coaches they have um their programs but then they also have us to, to 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 give them that extra push
3: yeah for sure so the big news yesterday actually was uh the announcement of the the cfl season uh that we're actually going to get one this year which is very good news for canada um i guess my question for you is you know how close down to the wire did it come um you know, did you think it was going to happen?
2: Yeah, you know, I I, I truly believe that we were going to play. I I, I believe that we were going to play all last year as well, um, up until the point that they said that they're canceling the season. Um, but you know, I was I was pretty optimistic that we'd play this year. I, I know that um, not that we couldn't afford to not play financially because you know when you when you have owners who um, own professional sports teams they're not going broke, even if you don't play, um, even if they, you know, they lose a couple million dollars. I, I, I don't believe that, um, you know, the league would fold, but um, you know, the Canadian football league is, is a resilient league. It's been a, been been here for over a hundred years and, and have, have, you know, has, has gone through some truly tough times and, and came out on the other side. And, and I believe that, you um, the the Canadian game the Canadian fans uh the players and and and, and everybody involved was going to do everything possible to make it happen and then when they when they said that we're going to we're going to play yesterday it was just kind of um it was just kind of you know validation to to show that our, that this re, this league is resilient and um, you know we we've been through a lot of tough times and and this is just another uh, hurdle that we gotta that we got to climb over to to uh, to be successful as a league yeah, I'm really excited to go into a game this year uh, hopefully going to the game in September against the rough riders so for yeah. sure that'll always be a good one the saskatchewan game is and it, it's always it's always a great game because you know just as many bc lions fans are are in vancouver there's there's that many uh rider fans
3: yeah definitely i talked with uh, uh chris Rainey today and uh bola combo yesterday and I know, I know they're both extremely happy about the season starting um you know bo's itching to play against his brother nelson <laughs> um, who's with the Rough Riders now, which I'm, I know you know that. I'm sure you yes, scouted so. Nelson. Uh, really, really good talent. And uh, we're hoping to have both of those cats on the show probably next week, I think.
2: so. Nice, nice. Yeah, you know, those guys are super talented. You know, Bo being 6'4", runs like a DB and hits like a linebacker. Um, he, he's, he's definitely a talented, a talented cat. And then uh, his younger brother who came out in the draft, the number two pick overall. Um, that just shows you um, that you know that, that talent that that family is very talented, and uh, to, for those two guys to play professional sports in the same league at the same time it, is is pretty special. Um, it's, it's, and, and they're both BC boys, so which which you know just shows the talent that's 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 running around here in uh, in the Lower Mainland. Yeah, no kidding. And their older
3: brother too, I believe, is a bodybuilder, which is crazy. I'm sure you know that as well. So yeah. Yeah, and I think there's one younger Lakambo as well. I think, if I remember. Yeah, that. I
2: think I think they do have a younger brother. Um, I I, I know I know their older brother as well. So yeah, they this just their family's just super talented.
3: Yeah, definitely, definitely talented. All right, um, G-Roy, thank you very much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Um, it was uh, you know enjoy having you on and uh, hearing about your experiences in the CFL and. Uh, life after football. For sure, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Inside the Minds Podcast with Dante Marsh and Ryan Hyde. Check out our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter accounts to see our upcoming show announcements, links to our previous shows, and sound bites. And don't forget to hit that follow button while you're there. Hey, this is
2: Logan Bandy. Hi, this is Zane Frazier. This is Art Jimerson. Chris Raining. This is Boots Electric. And thank you for joining me on my special guest spot on Inside the Minds podcast, where everybody wants to be, but they're smart.
3: Good field position start, play action. Burris gonna load it up, but he's short on the throw. Intercepted. Dante Marsh has his 30th career interception and a good return back into Ottawa territory. Well, the usually
1: strong arm Henry Burris comes up short. Six.